Welcome to the Clam Bake! Welcome to the Clam Bake. It's a fresh take on a question all this time. If a woman is alone in the forest, will she still be undermined? It's a sorority of equality. It's a bonfire of a patriarchy. Come on, your hands, bring your moms, bring your dads. Come to the Clam Bake with me. The clam bake is the opposite of a sausage fest. And I'm Angela Gallner. And I'm Lindsay Stidham. And we want to be better feminists, damn it. Damn it. Each week we interview different guests about their experiences, challenges, triumphs, and follies with feminism. Because being a human is tough and being a feminist is complicated, but our best resource is each other. So let's get talking. Yeah. Welcome, clams. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, clam, clam check-in. And I'm just having a tough day. <clears throat> My clam is so overwhelmed. I, I was on a bachelorette weekend in Austin this past weekend, which was amazing and great and so fun. But like taking two and a half, three days out of my life to like enjoy myself just makes everything implode. And I'm a, maybe more stressed out than I've been in a really long time. I mean, it's all stuff that's going to get that's going to get managed. But um, all of my like 4000 side hustles are intersecting at once yes. and I feel as though I am going to go into a coma and just like, I feel you. fall over. Yeah, that's what happened to me when I took off two days to go on dates. God, <laughs> and then I was like, why did you do that? Because now your life is a mess. Not from dating, just from taking 48 how, hours off of how life. How dare you take some time out to enjoy <laughs> your life while you're living your life? No, the dating date. was like fine. It was just like, now how do I manage my life that I took 48 hours to enjoy myself? I know. We have problems, Angela. Well, <laughs> Do you like to express on this yeah. podcast? Lindsay and I are both workaholics <laughs> to the core, but we're also both like broke as fuck yeah. and we're trying to manage like seven different side jobs like piecing together incomes that you know it all works out in the end i just started crying no, come to come to glamour's los angeles california yeah. where all your dreams come true where all your dreams come true so quickly <laughs> um uh, anyway uh if you want to throw some money to, to what's a creative and or advertise on this podcast yeah please help me <laughs> afford food <laughs> Anyway, some, really some days not. you can't keep it all together. It's just the reality yeah. of the situation. So we're going to do our best today to put our energy on our incredible badass guest. Yeah. I just realized we got three redheads all up in here. Oh. Do I count? Yeah, you're still redhead. I know you think you're a blonde, but... I got some red in there. You got some red in there. That's yeah, it's my... I'll just... We, stare, we I'll go ahead and stereotype. It's my crazy. It's true. <laughs> Kate Hackett. Yay! In the booth. Kate is an actor, a writer, a creator, and I I feel like I can say the N-word, and by the N-word, I mean nerd. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to pull a Bill Maher. I know. I, it's funny. I was just actually listening to a podcast about that very uh, massively racist fuck up. I could not possibly be further no, from that you're the, you're, you're the, the whitest white. redhead. <laughs> the Irishest um, looking. Yes. No, I am, I am definitely a nerd. <laughs> A nerd, yeah. a bookworm. Yeah. Welcome yeah, to the club. Yeah. Nerds, welcome here. Um, and we're going to be talking with Kate today about women in literature, specifically books that have shaped her and her journey to becoming the badass creator that she has become. Um, those of you listening may know her from her mega popular web series, Classic Alice. Classic Alice. Which, <laughs> like, I feel like was one of the, you were like one of the first 
powerhouse YA indie re- web series, oh, weren't you? Yeah. I think you were. I have a question specifically about that yeah, yeah. coming up, but oh. I feel like you were. You were like yeah. doing all this shit before it was a fad to do it all. I think we did it bigger than, like it was, uh, you know, obviously Lizzie Bennett people. Right. Um, New Peter and Wendy was about the same time, and us. Uh, and we were all the L.A. productions. Um, Lizzie Bennett had other other shows at Production House did other things, but it was that little core group of people, right. I guess. And then it did become kind of a a thing um, to do because it's cheap and easy, and yeah, you know. <laughs> so it was a lot of like college productions or high school productions, um, but we did it professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. I'm going to be bossy and say, yeah. don't be afraid to make love to me. I know, I, was I feel like I'm too. really far away from you, it. Yeah, and I can't. just get really close with all the germs so that go. have been in the nurse's <laughs> recording booth. Um, it's okay. We're all clean here. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, I, it's so cool that you were one of the first. But before we dive in super deep, we should start with our question we always start with. Are you a feminist? Uh, yeah. Why or, <laughs> why or why not? Well, why? Because... I believe in equality, and I believe that women are just as capable as men, and I believe that shying away from that word is stupid. So, Amen. Amen. Sister. Yeah. Hardcore, yeah. Now I feel, every time we ask that, I feel like we're asking a trick question. Even though, like... Isn't that fascinating we feel that way? I know. It's weird. I feel like I'm setting setting a trap. Have you had have you ever had anyone say no? Yeah, we've had men. Really? We've had a couple of men be like, I'm not worthy of that word, and we're like, you are, and you should use it. Oh god. Fascinating. It's fascinating <laughs> though. It. Yeah. it is. It's like, yeah. Not not using it as you're being afraid of it? Like what it Yeah. Just say it. <laughs> Yeah, it's fascinating though. It does make, and we've seen other people, women, get a little uncomfortable by the question, which is fascinating. Really? Yeah. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is wrong with being? We should have it. We'll have a whole a whole episode dedicated to the word feminist yeah. and, and try and get someone yeah, yeah, on yeah. here who who doesn't want to identify. identify yeah. Or get get term. like yeah one yeah. that does and one that doesn't, and then yeah, see how long it takes for them to murder each other. Yeah, I know. Like <laughs> last week, our guest. I think these will go out in that order. Our guest Rachel Krantz was talking about someone who the name is escaping me now who um, wrote a book about the you know the commodification of feminism and how it's like capitalism that is the real evil and but I feel like you know I think it's interesting to to look at like linguistics that way but I feel like the goal is the same with all right I hope so I hope so yeah. I mean, I definitely think we're in a state of evolution uh, in feminism, which maybe it was why it trips the word trips people up right now. Yeah, because I think uh, you know we're evolving because we have to. Is there like what is the? <laughs> this is so delightfully naive. What is the stigma against the word? Just that like you're. You I don't know. Maybe men? Donald Trump is in office. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think it goes on both sides. Like I think that. Like the women that I've met who I, I think their politics like align mostly with mine who don't like to call themselves feminists, maybe like don't quite uh, feel like they have the education to understand what comes with that word or that that label is weighted um, or or, you know, I think that there's not I think I know because white women voted for Donald Trump like Lindsay said so like sorry. you know yeah. there's these women who are like I, I I am not oppressed white women I am not oppressed I am not subjugated I am equal to men um and who feel like the word is making them a victim um which that 
that breaks my heart and that also makes me say like you're speaking out of a position of huge privilege because right. just because yeah. you're not just feeling you're the not effects feeling of sexism does not mean that it doesn't exist right yeah and you probably are feeling them yeah. and, <laughs> and, and don't realize yeah. it yeah. yeah like yeah you probably have not made equal uh wage to your husband or significant other or other men that you know yeah, yeah. i mean even but. just like even if you're just a single person dating like dudes are sexist like, yeah they just they they take what they want and like yeah and then there's this like, whole flip I side spent so much money on you like you, oh, there's, this whole, there's this whole flip side right now too I where i feel like care. dudes feel like they have the golden ticket yeah. by saying they're a feminist on their dating profile yeah yeah I, it's, uh, there's a flip side I'm, i might get some blowback on this but there's this like bernie bro there's so many oh on God. the okay cubes they're and everywhere. they're just like <laughs> i there it's it feels almost fake to me like you you have no idea what it's like to be someone other than what you are. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah. But you have to know that you have no idea. Yeah. And they don't. No. But they right. pr- they they act as though they do, and it's just like oh. Yeah. <laughs> There's so, so many people still yeah. upset Bernie didn't win, and they're all on dating apps. I know. And they're all <laughs> white men. Gross. Yeah. They are. My my ex left me like August. And as I, like, entered the dating pool again, it was right around the end of the election. And I was like, oh, no. Fuck. Yeah, it's a, weird, it's a terrible. weird time. It's a weird time yeah. to be dating. It's, oh, it's not great. It's Yeah, it's very bizarre, for sure. Mm. Um, I'm, finding, I'm finding the flip side, though, that I feel, at least the random nerds, I'm going to call them that because we're going to talk nerdiness in this episode. Some of the nerds that I've dated, this is becoming a dating episode again, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some nerds that I've dated have been, it's the flip side. They're unbelievably respectful. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's they're nice. out there. Back to classic Alice. Yeah. Uh, would you it, would you say Alice, your lead character, is a feminist also? She, hmm, I would say yes. But I don't know that she would have fully grasped the term. I think she'd be a little bit more afraid of it. She's mm-hmm. a little bit more afraid of life in general I think than I am um so it might be more of a, a testing the water like she's younger right so she'd probably be learning to accept that yes you are a feminist yeah before yeah. we go any farther let's do a quick like log line oh. what like give give us the short uh she, living your life one book at a time is our is our log line nice. Ooh, that's I a great it. that's like a catchphrase <laughs> I love it okay. um it's about a girl who gets a bad grade on an essay, and in order to like show up her professor and like prove that she understands characters and books, she lives her life according to different classic novels. And we film it mostly vlog style. We get away from there mm-hmm. uh, towards the end because I hate it. Uh, <laughs> it's just so cheap and like fast. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, learning learning the lines when you're like just direct to camera is one thing, but having to actually be totally off book with those giant monologues when you're out in the real world was a different animal <laughs> like Oof. it was just yeah um new, you don't do that again to yourself maybe kate uh. <laughs> um well i'm gonna play that the trailer so that oh. uh the audience gets a taste just in case they haven't seen classic alice my name is alice Rackham, and i have always been good he thinks that i don't understand classic literature beyond a, a cursory literary analysis i'll show him I'm going to live. I am going to behave with the impulsiveness and passion of characters in classic literature. And you're going to film it. Bring it up! 
I'm filming this as my main project for my documentary class. I'm gonna crush everyone. What kind of internship is this? We have a frat party in our apartment, and as the night gets wilder and wilder, we move all of their stuff out onto the lawn, and then we lock them out. Of course we're going. Hi. Screw that guy. I thought you could help me to make friends. Aww. Erin has proved to be kind of a monster, a power-mad monster. This is out now, and a big flipping to do all over campus. You sound just like, but it's not. Why is something belonging to you in a bay in my house? It is not what you think. Feelings. I have emotions. I understand that. I'm gonna be a writer. I get feelings. Nathan, get out of the car. I don't know why I care. No, I do know why I care. The books are leading me from choice to choice, and I have to decide for myself. Crazy idea at a time. Yay! Yay! I wonder how much of that was understandable without without like seeing it. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I think a lot of it. Okay. I mean, that's the beauty. Of that's like, a, like the I've watched that thing so many times. So oh, like, I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the trailer for the entire series yeah, as the a whole. whole right. Great big monstrous two year long thing that's incredible how many episodes did you guys do um i think 108 17 or 18 oh plus we had a spinoff you um, did yeah we had the the roommate had her own little, oh. little series oh my god um, wow so many so many and i just recut everything we, we are on amazon now yay so you can watch it from your couch instead cool. of your computer desk um and I had to recut everything and like cut in the new titles and shave things off and push episodes together because you don't want to hear the title music 800 times when you're trying to watch like right. seven at once or whatever. Right. Um, and that was quite a lot of dun 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 crazy doing it. So you wrote it. You mm -hmm. produced it. Mm -hmm. You directed it. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> because if I directed it, every shot would just be my face. Right. There would be no one else in this show. <laughs> That's fair. That's just fair. A dick. <laughs> um, no, I, I had other people help direct it. Uh, my friend Josh Crompton did the first. Two, he did the first book and then the first like season, and then we brought in Ty. Leisure. I always say his name wrong. That's okay. um, I know that guy. I was an improv team with him. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. He did our last season, our final season, and Josh was a, a uh, consulting producer because he got a real job. So, wow. Yeah. So, and you edited it all? <laughs> Me, personally? No, no, no. no. I farmed okay. that out, too. <laughs> okay. I edited the the recuts for Amazon, which is why they're garbage. So, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but, no, my skills are limited to acting making it happen, and writing it. Those are a lot of skills. I feel like that's enough that's skills. That's <laughs> a huge amount of skills. Um, I, I I went back and like rewatched a bunch of it um, in, in preparation to mm. chat with you today, oh. and I just was reminded of how endearing uh, this protagonist you wrote is. 
Um, I really related to her because I was like just like her. <laughs> and it really brought up this idea of the the trope of like the Hermione. Yeah. Right? Like the good the good girl who like follows all of the rules mm-hmm. and And then realizes the rules maybe don't work right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Where did that come from? I mean, from? that's just me. She's yeah. a, she's a younger version of me, I think. She's a or younger, more kind of doe-eyed less sarcastic because i was gonna say you have a lot of teeth to you i know yeah (laughs) yeah i i have more in a good way it's the three main characters i felt like were uh different aspects i mean maybe not so much andrew andrew was his own like conglomeration of jackasses i've dated but like how fun yeah right (laughs) (laughs) but the two girls in particular like kara was very sarcastic and dry and Mm -hmm. um she knew what was right and she knew what was wrong and that's part of me and alice was a little bit more drift and like wait grades aren't everything i don't understand that and that took time to <laughs> kind of unpack too mm-hmm. as you know you enter the real world and there are no grades anymore um in that pilot episode which i feel like really resonated with people with, with your viewers um was that was that something real that happened to you was that the, the real grade? impetus of the series heavens no <laughs> <laughs> no um the actually the bad grade was not the the Theft was. Uh, oh. <laughs> I had accidentally stolen a jacket from JCPenney's. Like, I had done a bunch of shopping, mm-hmm. and I picked it up and just left. And I was so racked with guilt. So the, <laughs> the episode where she's like, I can't sleep. The I can't Crime and Punishment yeah, yeah, yeah. is the first book. Yeah. yeah. And in that one, there I think it's episode four, she, like, loses her mind. That was all real. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I like was out of my mind upset about this thing. I, re- I went back the next day. It happened to be, like, Thanksgiving, so I had to wait for them to open. <laughs> I went back and I was like, I need to pay you $20. Oh my God. Were they like, uh... yeah, no, no, no. The one was like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm sure. But the 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 bad grade was actually, I don't think I've ever reacted like that to a a medium okay grade. I did. Yeah? Oh, I would have, I would have full on panic attacks and like would sob for, for getting like an A minus. No, I like don't I think really that. relate to that kind of thing. I do that, too, that especially me... h- high school. Yeah, I get uh, I get bullheaded. Like, well, I'm gonna fix this, mm-hmm. and I always did. I yeah. always found a way to fix it, so I never melted down about it. Right, I think. Yeah, that's but. healthy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you like really strong-willed people, <laughs> like. It's such a cool thing because over the course of whatever you said, 117, 18 episodes, yeah. and over the course of seven books? No, 13. 13 books. You really get to like live with this, this young woman as she tries on different ways of being which is such that like that is the quintessential college experience right like you're trying what would it be like if I was this kind of girl Mm -hmm. what would it be like if I was this kind of girl I think even if you don't go to college like I think all women especially women do have that experience at some point like yeah who am I what hat fits best for me because we all have a little piece of you know many things right so trying to figure out the one that you like best and not necessarily the one that your partner likes the best mm-hmm. or your you know the guy you have a crush on likes the or best. your parents or your, or your professor yeah like who are you for you is hard and, and for society like society is like you should be this right a lot of especially times. with young women right right yeah yeah 
I was going to play a little bit of the pilot that, so that we see, uh, we don't see, this is a podcast, <laughs> we hear where Alice is coming from and the impetus for the whole show with this bad grade. Allergy sufferers, for continuous oh, oh. allergy relief, be wise or take new Zizel. Allergy sufferers, I'm one. You just start something. Say your name. Alice Rackham. Okay, more than that. It's weird. I'm talking to people without actually talking to people. Talk to me. My name is Alice Rackham, and I have always been good. <laughs> I'm respectful. I'm a great student. I work really hard, and it's always just worked. You know, I, I went to school. I studied, I got great grades, I applied to great colleges with great writing programs. That's what I want to be. I want to be a writer. And I got into those great colleges and I decided to go to Vailton and that's where I am. Vailton University, English major. I mean, I wasn't Miss Popularity or anything. Like, not, duh. It, you know, I had other things to do, so it's fine. And stuff. Talk about today. Today was not good. We got a paperback today. I, I love paper day. <laughs> you know, I love I love turning papers in day. I love getting papers back day. I just, I can't sleep the night before because I get, and not because I'm nervous, because I get like super excited and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's the teacher going to say? What is he going to write on my paper? What am I going to get? And it's really great. But today, a B minus. He gave me a B minus. I flunked. I failed. I failed failed a paper that is in my major, a paper about writing. I got a B minus. It should have gotten an A. I, I, I talked about every use of literary device. I connected the poem to Thomas Hardy's personal life, but no, I failed. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. You didn't identify with the speaker. You seem to have an academic understanding of the material, but little else. At best, this work was sterile. At worst, your writing is consistently dull and unimaginative. Poetry is visceral. Po I know, I know poetry is visceral. I, I have feelings. I have emotions. I understand that. I'm going to be a writer. I get feelings. <laughs> awesome. I like that line. I get feelings. I get feelings. <laughs> I get them too, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think? So your audience is a lot of young women. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is about this, this character kind of, trope i don't want to say trope that's no, not the but wrong it is. word I mean, of it, like the hermione right it, yeah i mean it could also be like Belle from beauty and the beast yes you know like she's smart and maybe a little underappreciated mm -hmm. and because the cool girls i mean i don't know i don't know today but like growing up the cool girls were not the ones with their faces in a book like right you know you you're not ostracized you're not treated badly because of you know, being good at school, but I was, you're not, I mean, I was in middle <laughs> school, but, but by high school, I feel like clicks had become kind of not a, uh, they had changed because it's not jocks versus nerds now because everyone's trying to get into the best colleges. So right. you have to do everything. Um, but when you genuinely like school, there's still a little like, what a weirdo. Like, yeah. Even today, I, I mean, I joke about it, but like, 
I really like staying home and reading. I don't want to go out. I don't know how to meet people. I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm such a nerd. Ha, ha, ha. You know, you kind of make light of it. But anyway, so I think girls, seeing someone that they identify with, I mean, that's representation, you know, stuff. Like, yeah. you see somebody, you're like, oh, I'm kind of like that. Or that piece of me is there. And I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see it. You don't, I don't know. I can't name a character in a TV show, like on TV TV, that really does that. Yeah. Yeah. It, do, was there a specific reason why you wanted to, to write this type of young woman? Um, she didn't come easily. Like, yeah. Because I know this type yeah. of person. Yeah, that's the... Um, I, I think it, just as an, an actor struggling, like I was looking for a part that... I could easily show a manager or an agent and be like, this is what I do. This, this is, is me. <laughs> Completely what you should cast me as. Right. Um, so I think that was certainly part of the motivation, but it's, she's, she's a good person and deeply flawed. Mm-hmm. And I like that, but she's not flawed in a like Heisenberg way. You know? No, she's like, murder. she's got like a lot of naivete yeah. in her. She's yeah. very innocent. She's yeah. very earnest. And I think that's one one of the things I found so charming about the series as a whole is that like the heart is so good. Oh, thanks. It's like a really good hearted. And I feel this way about um I don't feel like all shows are good hearted. Like I don't necessarily feel like binge is good hearted. Um mm. the intentions can mm-hmm. be good, but like mm-hmm. there's something like I feel it's this dark. way and it, yeah. yeah, and I feel this way about Master of None. I feel like Master oh, of yeah. None has like its heart is overflowing yeah. and you can feel it with yeah, every episode that you watch and that's kind of how I feel watching your shows I just feel like there's so much love in the intentions and um it's educational which like never freaking happens <laughs> I think um, the idea is so cool wishbone? well I, except for <laughs> wishbone I actually uh I don't know what wishbone is oh, what? So wishbone was this PBS show I was only allowed to watch PBS as a kid so I real remember this okay, uh, he was sense. a talking dog who lived out different novels According to what week we were in. Oh, that's and amazing. And his, like, master had the same problem as his book, and he related it to real life. And at some point, one of my uh, – I think Josh Compton said, uh, you you just wrote – or no, no, maybe it was Chris O'Brien, one of my actors. Somebody was like, this is just a wishbone fanfic. We have been participating yeah. in really expensive wishbone fanfic. I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes, you were. <laughs> have you um, – how, it like it seems like your fans are like pretty vocal. So have yes. like what what type of feedback or were there any challenges with how vocal they were? Yeah, I I call them my AP English kids. Oh, were they like <laughs> correcting you? There were not the books themselves, like not the you know, this didn't happen kind of stuff. Especially I think for us, we can kind of take some liberties because we have the original plot line and right we have the the book plot. But there were some things that they were like they didn't care for or especially as we hit dracula they were like i don't even know this show anymore and i was like that's the point yeah (laughs) Uh, you know she makes bad choices so and then there were also times when i felt like because we had crowdfunded they felt owed sure sure yeah it's sort of like that's not how the yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You pay your cable company. You don't call the producer and be like, I, I paid for a kiss. Yeah. Like, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but simultaneously, because you're vlogging, I right. feel like vlogging gives people 
and such an intimate look into a character or a person, especially if you're a YouTuber and you're just being yeah. yourself while you're vlogging. They feel like they, they feel know owner you. ownership yeah. over yeah. you. Yeah. And like sure. that person is very, very real to them. Yes. And, and they have stakes <clears throat> in Alice's journey. And uh, so I would have to kind of remind myself, like, my audience is young and maybe they aren't. So maybe I'm not communicating the nuance that I wanted to communicate effectively, but also maybe they're just not picking up on some of the things that I explored or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. um, there were times when I would pop in. Like the other thing that drove me nuts is if you're posting on Tumblr and your Tumblr is public, mm-hmm. I'm gonna read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you can't be surprised by this. You can't feel like I'm attacking you if I respond to you. Um, right. So that that could get a little tricksy, I think, because I would respond to some things. Yeah. And I would explain why we did it. A lot of a lot of things were like, why couldn't they do it this way? And I was like, well, money, guys. Yeah, that's yeah. usually just, just the money. answer. What, is, what, what, yeah. what do you think I'm made of? Yeah. Did you um, ever find yourself censoring yourself or parts of the books because you had a vocal young audience? I don't think or? so. I, I wrote everything. I, there were two chunks. I wrote everything for the first seven books in one go, and then I wrote everything for eight to 13 in one go, and we shot, like, a feature film. So I wasn't adjusting to them because the responses would happen, you know, six months later, and I'd be like, right. oh, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I can barely remember that scene. Right. Um, and I also think that the medium hurts actors. Um, the The camera is still... So you don't get the benefit of, I mean, that's, you know, your DP is an artist. Right. Hopefully. You don't get movement. You don't get cuts. You can't hide anything because you can't cut away from somebody making a mistake. Um, so you didn't embrace the jump cut style that is the world of vlogging. did. <laughs> for comedic episodes only, though. Mm. When they started to get more serious, we had to do all of that in one take. So Tony Noto, my co-star, like, he, we were one takers. Yeah, uh, and he did a great job, and I mean, everybody in those kinds of scenes did a great job. Um, he especially had a couple really heavy ones with me. Um, but you you miss the camera movement. You also miss uh, being so close to your subject. There were times like I can tell because I'm sitting super close to it, and it's like zoomed on my big screen because I'm looking for things. There's like so much acting going on in our eyes. Right. There's so much happening in our faces. But the camera's across the room because the camera can't be there. You right. know, like it, it's hiding. And you miss things like that. And then also kids are watching it on their phones. Right. So, you know, we're, we're kind of fighting two fronts and that doesn't work. It's almost like there's a third style. It's not just theater acting. It's not just film, yeah. not just television. But now there's like a there's YouTube yeah. vlog acting. Yeah. It's yeah. tricky because I think the gut is to go multicam. Like right. Big. Right. But I don't do that. I don't like it. I don't I don't watch it. Yeah. Um, and it's not what I wanted my show to be. Right. So we didn't. And I wonder if some of my stuff got lost because of it. I'll never know. And I don't care mm. enough to like, maybe we should just redo it or whatever. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you do you sometimes find vlo- the vlog style freeing at all? Like you when I was rewatching, I was just reminded of Lonely Girl because I feel like you guys came out like not too far after that. I and don't like, think so. It was yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too long after. Yeah. Two years after Lizzie Bennett was us. It's like it, it the storytelling you I feel like it, it the limitations almost make you you're forced to be more creative. I, I agree with that. I like that a lot about 
the format like because you, you especially as a writer you have to like why are we seeing this or how do I show this without seeing it mm-hmm. um and as we as we moved forward there was a lot of like dioramas at the beginning and stuff like that which are fun but as we kept going I think we found more creative interesting ways to do that uh, especially once we moved the camera around um and introduced a character you never see mm-hmm. to, to be that person uh so we could get Tony on screen more right um I like finding solutions to problems, Mm -hmm. so I enjoyed doing that. I also liked how much we could improv. I was pretty loosey-goosey with a lot of the script. There were some key things that were like, you have to say it this way, you have to say this. But most of it, I was like, I don't know. Right. (laughs) If there's a better way, you do it. I don't really care. And I don't think you can do that necessarily for things where the camera's moving around, you have to match stuff. Right, Mm -hmm. right. So it's a little harder. Cool. Who are some of your favorite uh, lit lady nerds? Oh, um, like authors or characters? Either or. Either or. Um, I am really into, um, shoot, Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I read it. I read it ages ago. Um, but I was reading her Orcs and Crakes, se- the Mad Adam series, and oh. I was like, "Oh, you're so good." I'm blanking on her name. Margaret Atwood. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I saw that she's been added to a ton of high school lists. Good. That's because awesome. Because as I was watching your show, I was trying to remember what did I read in high school yeah. because I couldn't think of any female authors that I read in high school. I realized Mary Shelley was like one of the fe- one of the only ones. Did you read The Awakening? No. Okay. I read so many male authors in I high school. I don't know school. if I re- read. I, I can't think of any right now. The Mary Awakening Shelley was, was the only we one I know. Mary Shelley. We read Frankenstein. That's the only one I can remember reading in high school. I feel like we read so many men. We yeah. read The Scarlet Letter. That's man. I, I like so like AP stuff was like pretty male driven so I like looked up high school list and I was like fucking dope that what is like yeah. that she that she's yeah. and I'm sure it's partially because of our climate right now and like we're in a well, and weird the, time and in the series, the series. of yeah. course the series um but I just thought that was so uh, cool because yeah. I was trying to remember like Did my sure favorite character, like Maya Angelou and stuff like that. Yes, but I'm yeah. talking about like uh, I feel like we only read her poetry. I don't oh, think really? we read a novel from her. I- was the house on Mango Street a, a woman? Yes. yes. Yeah. We did read that. We read that in like yeah. we seventh grade. Yeah. I hated it. <laughs> I did not like it. Yeah, that's it. not great. So yeah. like I'm like, who are my favorite characters? I'm like, Daisy, Great Gatsby. But then I'm like, it's That's fu- a terrible character. It's fucked like. up. <laughs> I literally was like, that is fucked up that that's like one of my heroines. Yeah, that's oh. a real bummer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, it is. I I think Margaret Atwood is probably the most familiar one. Um, Kate Chopin was The Awakening, and I loved The Awakening. And I remember being in 11th grade, and it's about this woman. It's 1890s. She has a sexual awakening. She realizes she wants to leave her husband. Not He didn't do anything wrong. He's just a normal guy at this time period, but she doesn't. she's not into it. Um, and because she has no options, she kills herself. Uh-huh. I fucking loved this book Whoa. as a 15-year-old, which is so weird. But uh, everyone else in my class, I remember just like, how could she do that to her kid? How could she, what, yeah. how selfish? And all that. I was like, stop it. No. <laughs> no. Um, but I, I also, Daisy was interesting. Not not a role model, but definitely interesting. Um, but that was a man. And he was a dick. Yeah. To his real life days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? 
Well, I feel like there are more like children or young young adult books about girls and written by women than there are like, right the quote-unquote classics yeah. like oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um there was a there's a medieval authoress uh she became a nun and just like wrote poetry because that was the wow. only way you could write poetry was to be a nun um, what yeah yeah because you weren't allowed to like educate yourself, yeah. you weren't allowed to read and write, and um, that's why Mary Shelley was a right. boy for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure and the author, are... the author of The Outsiders, which like that, yeah, was yeah, not, I didn't that's know that. It's not that long ago, and yeah. she used a pen name, and it's like, well, lo and behold, she's the JK book you Rowling read in high school. Too. Yeah, no, which I don't she know. She does, yeah, yeah. for the Corbinth series. What is that? Cor- something. Well, uh, and she put Cooper's out her Rowling. most famous books is J.K. Rowling, yeah, which is her true. name, but it's like, name. yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've read a lot of stuff that's like, if you want to get ahead, you know, you're more likely to do so if you have a girl slash boy name like Aaron or something, like, right? Yeah, where people can't tell. It's just oh, insan. Well. It's just insanity <laughs> to me. But one thing yeah. that did make me happy is when when we started this conversation and Angela used the word of like Hermione trope. The mere fact that we can say Hermione trope now is mm. like pretty cool. It is. It's yeah. really <laughs> rad. It's really rad, and I I just so identify with that kind of character. Yeah. Um. It's it's just really special and dear to my heart. But and I and besides Hermione, which I wasn't introduced to until I was maybe like. 12 13 mm-hmm. um i felt like i didn't really have any other i remember reading a lot like of that. books that were about girls who were either like i mean there's nancy drew but there were right i never read nancy Harriet drew with, the spy. which was a bummer there's like, Ju- and there's judy bloom characters that's although true, she writes that's a true. lot of uh, boys judy bloom writes a lot of boys yeah she but writes girls too she writes both probably equally but, but that that age group like the babysitter's club and right like, what was the little sister version of that there was oh, yeah number. and there's Anna, her name there's like Karen. anna green gables yeah. Yeah. i also read like a million horse books and i can't even like name any of them Misty i was like Shinkatee. yeah if yeah. there was a horse in it there was a girl <laughs> yeah. and there was probably a girl in the horse like yeah. that's like what i read when i was Goosebumps that age was also pretty like egalitarian yeah i i had to read his i was oh I wasn't allowed to read Goosebumps because my mom felt that they were below me, but I could read his like older kid books. Oh, and I was like, but everybody's real. Like, I don't need these yeah. very. So they were like teenagers instead of instead of fifth graders, right? Or right. Um, with more murder involved. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I feel like there's there's a a more equal push for like eight, nine, ten year olds to get those kinds of books mm-hmm. than there are high school and beyond yeah Mm -hmm. like now a lot of what i read there are male uh protagonists that's that's just sort of the way it is every Mm -hmm. once in a while there there will be a female protagonist um there's a series by tana french um she's a an irish writer and she has this mystery series that i really like and she switches her narrators between the books so you'll get a woman in one and a guy in another oh that's awesome they overlap i Like, like that yeah i really like it too yeah um but they are dudes, and I've I've found that my brain just kind of like edits them into women for me. Oh wow, like I, that's wow. cool! Because it's a book, I'm not like I, I cannot watch a movie that doesn't have a girl in it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care. Yeah, but I can read a book that maybe doesn't have a girl in it mm-hmm. because I just like pretend it's a girl. That's fascinating. 
What a cool brain. I wish my, yeah, brain, I like my brain. No, I wish my brain would d- do that too. I think I still default to the male, male I gaze, mean, the male, the my, male my arc. head yeah. knows it's a dude, but I just choose to like. Maybe looks like me. I maybe love that. Exactly that's like fascinating. Me. That's yeah. really okay. cool. That's fascinating. That's like and like the gift, of, the gift of a book. I feel <laughs> yeah, like I that so is too. like I the think gift it's of a book thing. Yeah, reading a book where you can project a lot of your own stuff yeah. on there because there's not images going right. with it. But and you get more adventures if you just like. Yeah, that's kind of that's gonna be a girl. <laughs> that's so interesting. I feel like I was so I was an anti-feminist, but I remember re- when I read books and. Um, in my adolescence and like early teenage years, I was just like reading them for like what boys I could get a crush on in the book. <laughs> <laughs> like I had a huge crush on Finny from A Separate Piece. Do you remember A Separate Piece? Oh, I didn't oh, read that. Book. I threw my book oh, across no. the room and started sobbing into yeah. hysterics at the end of the book. That was like one of the most traumatic moments of my life. I feel like <laughs> I was. My mom came in and she was like, "What?" is going on and it's so sad I oh my read god meanwhile i was masturbating to fred savage in wonder years <laughs> you were so not, far ahead of me not reading enough books i guess <laughs> i love that i don't think i've ever had a crush on a book character i did i i read uh the pearl so steinbeck's mm-hmm. the pearl way too young i yeah. was in third grade <laughs> and i read this book and the baby died yeah and i lost my mind oh my my third grade teacher was like i don't know what to do here yeah <laughs> yeah oh man do you have a top five you got top top five books can we yeah, count probably. them down um i think my number one is lolita Mm. okay love it yes me too <laughs> thank you i love it it's oh He's, his command of, what does he speak like, and write in like five different languages? It's wild. It's insane. It makes me never want to write again. <laughs> like, That's fascinating. He's, he's so good. Um, Pinnon was great, too. Uh, I think Lolita's just the most familiar one. Like, everybody knows. I yeah. wish I was prepared to, like, have an intellectual discussion about Lolita right now. My brain is so, I'm so. The, <laughs> the scene where they actually have sex. Yeah. He describes a painting. He has no there is no sexual innuendo, not yeah. explicitly, mm-hmm. but you know exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that is incredible. That's yeah. that's artistry. That's stuff you can't do if you're not brilliant. And and then on top of that, he makes you like it's it's our I know. first anti-hero. Or I'm not the first, but like kind you kind of have a weird crush, crush on, on him i don't know like, no, I, yeah. it was so twisted yeah. like, and it's it like is that uh, to play devil's advocate is that an anti-feminist i don't know feminist to be like my favorite book is lolita i don't think so because i think he ri- wrote it with that purpose mm. to make to challenge you to make you go wait why do i like him yeah mm-hmm. you know he wasn't writing it to demean women he was yeah. writing it with that idea in mind like how much can you fall in love with i'm probably projecting how many different film versions there are and some of them i don't i don't think are particularly i haven't (laughs) liked any of the film versions i think just solely because i like the book so much Mm -hmm. um yeah sophie's choice is a is a movie that transferred perfectly Mm -hmm. but i think he had a a big hand in writing it Um, yeah he is one of my favorite authors Mm -hmm. especially american authors he's wonderful um who is that again william styron uh oh Sophie's choice, is in, Sophie's choice is an I incredible film. Yeah. I have to confess, I have not read the book, but, but I've seen the movie wrote many the times. He also the Confessions of Nat Turner, which is 
I mean, he's written a bunch of things that are, every single one of them feels like an American classic. Um, Let's see, who else? Who else do I like? Um, (laughs) These aren't, these are, these are men. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Uh, We talked about Atwood. She, she, I mean, she's amazing. I didn't like Orcs and Crake when I read it the first time, but I reread it and I feel, I don't know, maybe something like clicked. Hmm. Thanks, I've Donald. only I've only read The Handmaid's Tale. You should you should read the yeah. other ones. They're really good, and the library has all of them. Cause yeah, yeah. Doesn't she also Christmas. write poetry? Probably. I think yeah. she does. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating lady. Yeah. Do you have a top five like female literary characters? Um. Hermione. Yeah. <laughs> or were or and or do you have a top five that you did in Alice that you were like these particularly translated um, to her journey? Yeah, I actually so just characters that I like want to play someday. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I see those. So like Ophelia. I would love to play a wildly feminist version of Ophelia. Whoa, how? How would you do it? I don't know. I think I think finding an inner strength within the words, you would know, she, finding Kate she, Winslet came close. She was great. Did, yeah. Does Ophelia, uh, does Ophelia know? Right. Or not? I think she does. Interesting. I think that would, so th- that would be fun and a challenge. Lady Macbeth would be fun. Now I want to just talk Shakespeare with you. Because <laughs> I think I would want to go in the opposite direction Ooh, of you. Nice. And I would want to play a sheltered, like with as little agency as possible version of But I feel like Ophelia. that's how she's played so often. I don't know. I, I would Give us a quick description of Ophelia okay. for oh. people who um, don't aren't as familiar with Shakespeare. Sure. So uh, Hamlet is just the most indecisive man-boy Bernie bro in the entire world. <laughs> I feel like I've dated this guy over and over. Uh, he can't decide whether he wants to like take his kingdom back. He can't decide if he likes Ophelia or not. Um, he's He sends her away. She She's the daughter of what is advisor or something yeah yeah yeah. she uh goes crazy and kills herself yeah yeah the spark notes version (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess i just like the idea and i don't know i guess i guess i've just never seen i really liked kate winslet's ophelia but i i don't think i can i i don't think i'm actually capable of playing a, a very good ophelia but um i think that i would love to see an ophelia that was like sheltered almost to the point of like having been uh like uh what's that called when you're like kidnapped and you get oh, that uh Stockholm Stockholm syndrome Ophelia <laughs> like <laughs> you know like yeah. l- because when there are no men in her life to tell her what to do anymore that's when she goes crazy and kills okay, herself and i kind of like the idea of having stripped a woman's power away so far that she is left completely immobilized when everyone is gone from her. I like that, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's possible to do it that way. I'm. I'm not a I'm stage director. Ophelia twenty twenty sixteen version. Also, flash, would be flashback like election. if you like cast like a thirteen year old <laughs> Ophelia, like yeah. really young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do that. Um, I did you do Ophelia in Classicalis? No, we yeah. didn't do Hamlet um, because because the whole thing like I needed books where the character does something. It mm-hmm. doesn't happen to them, right? Because active protagonist, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, like 
it would be impossible for there to be just like magically a situation that exactly mirrors the book. Like, yeah. You know, that makes no sense. Um, so Hamlet was cut very, very early. I wanted to, but I was like, I can't. I can't. Nothing would happen. Right. <laughs> right. She would just spend the entire time not making a decision. Should I? Shouldn't I? Should I? Shouldn't I? God, I suck. Should I? Shouldn't I? Oh, I'm the worst. Um, yeah. So we did Macbeth instead, and I think that one went really well. I'd always tell us about that plot line. Um, Macbeth wants to be king of Scotland. There's a lot of fate involved. Uh, it was our Halloween book. Yeah. Uh, so the three witches were. Oh, Yuri was in it. I know. I I sent him a screenshot from the airport when I was watching it, and I was like, "Ha ha, you!" And he's like, "Yeah." Um, that was it. it. The three witches were history majors. Mm-hmm. I was a history major, mm-hmm. and I feel like I could tell you the future, and no one listens. <laughs> Who else were some of your favorite uh, classic heroines that you were just had that the I most joy in addressing in your show? Um. I play. She. We gender bent a lot, unfortunately. Um, or fortunately. Fortunately. I don't well, know. I think it's unfortunate because like yeah. there just aren't. I see where you're Lady peoples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we did one with a butterfly that wasn't technically gendered. <laughs> <laughs> a non-binary butterfly. It's dope. <laughs> yeah, we're real inclusive. Um, oh, I loved Great Expectations. That's one of my favorite books. And um, what did Alice learn through that book? So that we didn't do that one. Oh, <laughs> that's just it. one of my favorite books. Uh, okay, so Crime and Punishment, Pygmalion, uh, which is My Fair Lady, North and South, Odyssey, Dracula. I liked Dracula. Dracula. Again, I played a dude. <laughs> that is um, awesome. Who did you play in that one? Dracula. Great. Yeah. And was, what did Alice learn? It. She. That was her toughest one. Um, she went to the bad place. She went to the dark place where you go after you break up with someone that you really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and was this after she broke up with Andrew? Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, it, so it, she had her own kind of rebelliously sexual awakening mm-hmm. um, where I feel, I mean, I feel like it is a common thing. I don't, I don't want to say everyone goes through this, but I think it's pretty common after a traumatic thing, you discover a piece of yourself that maybe you didn't notice before. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not super healthy, you're like, I like it. Yeah. So that's what happened with her. Um, so she learned that, like, oh, I can use this side of me to get what I want versus just, like, I'm smart. Yeah. Um, and we played in that, and a lot of people were like, this is out of character. And I was like, I wrote the character. The character's yeah. whatever I say the character is right um but i think that's the one i'm most proud of because it was the hardest one to do it was very dark it was very emotional like you had a lot of moving pieces at that point she was acting uncharacteristically um so the challenge becomes how do you take a character and throw them into a different set of world views for a minute without losing them right um and that's a challenge as an actor and as a writer because you have to always have in the back of your mind, like, she knows this is not good. Right. But you can't play that. Right. So I really liked that one. I really enjoyed doing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that your audience <coughs> felt a certain backlash or a certain resistance to change with her. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's the unfortunate reality of creating a character that's, like, the goody two-shoes that everybody is like, oh, I'm just like her. I relate to her so much. If you yank her out of that, 
they feel like they themselves have been. Yeah, it's a little destabilizing or 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 threatens their own identity or their their own. Which is what I wanted. Yeah, I wanted this show to like. Yeah, you 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 think this is not a piece of you? It probably is somewhere. Yeah, yeah. somewhere down there. You have, if not this exact thing, you have a dark side of you. Mm -hmm. Life will get painful. You'll have to face things that you don't want to. And so. you may act in ways that you later regret. And yes, that's part of I think being that's, human. of course you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course we we all do things that we're like, this is going to hurt me later. Yeah, <laughs> like, but I'm still going to do it because I'm in a lot of pain and I don't want to think about that pain. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's yeah. what makes stuff interesting to watch, too. I, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. So. You don't want a goody two-shoes to stay a good. Goody I mean, two-shoes. Hermione's interesting because she's able to channel all of mm. her earnest, eager brains into fucking saving the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't be interesting if she followed the rules all the time. She wouldn't have been a part of any of those adventures. Right. She right. would have just been studying in her room. You right. know, it's it's how wizards got to break the rules. Wizards got to break the rules. You know, <laughs> when Voldemort got to cast, cast those spells. <laughs> you got to you got to get gotta out those there. You got to go into those. Got to figure out what house you belong to. You got to oh, time travel. You don't know what house are you? I'm a little old. I, th- yeah. I I got a little sad when you were like Hermione trope, and I was like, I literally, I'm too old to have experienced the Hermione trope. Well, there's Growing always up. time. There's okay. always time. Yeah, you can sort yourself anytime. I get. I gotta get on it. This fucking tragedy. I don't know what house I'm in. Um. <laughs> well, I'm a Gryffindor, obviously. What are you? Me? Ravenclaw? <laughs> Slytherin. You bad like, girl. Hardest core Slytherin. Really? Why? Yeah. Can I just pick? I pick Slytherin. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, you might be. You two uh, bitches. <laughs> Very uh, uh, driven and mm-hmm. um, ambitious. And I love learning. I do like learning just to learn. But if I can learn to like elbow my way in front of you, oh fuck, that makes me feel better. Oh I'm, my gosh, I'm aggressive. Kate just got really scary. <laughs> Speaking of being an aggressive boss lady, what yeah. was it like oh. to be in charge? You were basically oh, a show wait. a showrunner. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I and how did you guys sustain this show too for that long? Like I don't fully know the backstory of like financing and was somebody behind it besides you and did you have anybody to, to answer to and no, all those I didn't things? Really um, so we crowdfunded twice. The first wow. time we made ten thousand dollars. The second time we made like sixty. Wow, um, sixty thousand dollars. I employed like eighty something people. If you look at the IMDb, it's bananas. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking huge. Yeah, <laughs> that's a massive so accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I loved it, and I think I came away like reevaluating my goals. I moved here to be an actor, just an actor. Um, now I want to be like fucking Rachel Bloom on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Like, I want that. I want to be in the writer's room for two weeks or however long and then, like, go act right. for the rest of the time. I think that sounds great. Um, uh, being the... I liked not having anybody to answer to. I like being able to just be like, nope, we can't do that. Let's think of something different. Um, I, and I, I actually really love being told, this sounds like it's too much. We're not going to be able to get this or whatever because then I can be like, oh, cool, what's... What's analogous to this? What's right. the the next best thing or what's a little bit different that's cheaper? And I think nine times out of ten, whatever you wind up with is either more creative or more interesting to watch mm-hmm. because you're not just, like, going with your first instinct. Right. Because everybody's first instinct is, you know, do it this way. Yeah. So 
I like that. Um, I like telling people no. <laughs> cool. I really enjoy that. Uh, I I don't know. I, I didn't love answering to fans who felt like they had ownership over it. I thought uh-huh. that was a little weird. Uh-huh. I don't know what it would be like if I were in a room with a studio and a network telling me like, we don't like this and this and this. I Probably think the be. same feeling. Yeah. Maybe worse because <laughs> they know. actually have power. Know. Yeah. I don't know because I felt like the fans, it was like, you're not part of this industry. I don't, but, but then again, sometimes studio and network heads are like, who the fuck are you guys? Yeah. Um, they tend to be the business brains. Right. right? And it's, you're lucky. But I can respect get. that. Yeah. I understand like you're trying to make this money equal this money. Like I do understand that. Um, there might be a little like, could damn it, uh, and then, okay, fine, and you, know, yeah. you, just, you just do it. I'm not usually too precious about, like, I need this moment mm-hmm. because I generally find that if someone's critiquing it and two other people agree, there's probably something better here. Right. Somewhere. So, That's very mature. Thank you. Yeah. I'm a grown-up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Best I, idea always I'm should win. I'm not always a grown-up, but. Yeah, yeah. I agree that the best idea should win. And on a set, sometimes you're going to come up with stuff you didn't come up I with I love that. Else. I love that. That's my favorite thing about filmmaking or, you know, TV and movies is when you have a respectful set that's like, wait, what do you think? Yeah. Um, sometimes, sometimes the other person's wrong. Sometimes you're wrong. Yeah. Sometimes the way you thought, the way you want it is the way you want it. Like, that's okay. But having someone go, like, what if we do it this way? Is that cool? Like, let's try it. Yeah. You know, it's not like we're wasting film anymore. You know, right. We, we have t- 10 minutes to try it your way real quick. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that feeling of collaborating. Yeah. Because you, unless, unless it's, like, too many cooks in the kitchen kind of feeling, mm-hmm. but it usually doesn't feel like that when you're actually shooting. Right. Once you're actually there. Because everyone can see what, what yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. is, right? Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. If you could go back and give yourself some advice for to Kate when she started Classic Alice, what would you say? Nothing. I was brilliant. No, I don't know. Um, Love it. Uh, I did learn, because it was such a long thing, I did learn some lessons. I learned, like, the from the first book to the second to seventh, um, let someone else drive while you're acting. You know, uh, don't be a producer in that moment. Right. You, you are, but take the hat off and put it to the side for a minute. Yeah. Um, I learned picking your partners and your teammates is really, really important. Um, you're not going to find someone who, th- who this is their baby the same way that, that you right. feel. That's fine. Um, it's a good lesson for Lindsay and I. <laughs> it is. It's You're going to bump into like they don't really care that much or as much as you do. And there is nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, because it's not their thing. It's fine. The But the other, the flip side is you do have to have reasonable expectations about like, hey, you said you would do this. You have to do it or you're gone. I can't, right. I can't wait around. I, I don't wait for people. Mm-hmm. If you're not on board with me, the train is gone. Right. Because there are so many other people here. Yeah. Um, that might not be the nicest thing in the world, but that's... <laughs> well, that's okay. That's my showrunning style. Yeah, bosses yeah. can't always be nice. It's I, that, not that's about also, being nice first, right? You can be I kind without being nice. I can't be your friend yeah. when I have boss hat on. Yeah. And I think that was tricky because the actors, I was one of them. Right. But I am not one of them. Right. And that was a little bit isolating towards the end. Um, 
you know, the the lit bleh, the literary web world, the actors are all on kind of the same platform, same level, and I wasn't really one of them, so I feel like I get kind of left out of a lot of the social stuff. Sure. And that's just a sacrifice I have to be like okay doing because I I'm not one of them. Right. You know, I am one of them. Right. So that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um where are you in the classic Alice universe now? What is happening? You were like it's a project that still oh. fo- follows your life <laughs> uh, around. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we just put it on Amazon, so it had a brief little like hey, look at us again. Mm-hmm. Um but it is the show is over. Um I would never say like we're never going back because who knows but i can't see us going back like i don't see the the point right mm-hmm. the story feels i like where it ended you. yeah i like where it ended it's not 100% clear if they're together or not together and i think that that's right i know um, it's not clear it's frustratingly not, <laughs> not clear i wanted to end it my my gut was end it like the sopranos and i was told no <laughs> which i still think is a brilliant ending. oh i do too i love it yeah. Um, there's always room for more, I guess. You left. I mean, you left it there. Die. Yeah. <laughs> or not. Yeah. Um, I, I like how, where she matured to. Mm-hmm. Um, where she decided, uh, I can't let the books lead me from choice to choice because I have no agency. Right. And that's not the point. Right. So, uh, I like where that went, and I like how she like Andrew's on her terms he's not chasing her she's not chasing him Mm -hmm. it's just like if this comes together it comes together if it does not it does not Mm -hmm. and I think that's a more grown up way to look at a relationship you can't force it it's there or it isn't yeah what are you gonna do yeah so what's next for then you personally for me, yeah. Um, I finished a short with Chris O'Brien, who played the bad guy in Classic Alice. Oh, awesome! Or it's, this is not a short; it's like a short series. Uh, it's called Not a Plan, and it is about two Dumbo's who have the same birthday, uh-huh. and they, they want to. They've been having separate birthday parties for years, so they're trying to throw one together, and it's a disaster. It's awful, uh, but it's mostly just like. Little sketches kind yeah. of woven together. I'm shopping that around. I'm seeing if you know anybody is like that looks great. Let's put it on a thing, and yeah. then I don't have to deal with it anymore. <laughs> um, or we'll give you more money, make some more. Yeah. And I'll be like, okay, sure. Um, How many episodes of that do you have? That is six. It's it's roughly thirty minutes yeah. when you string them all together. Um, and we're also doing some festivals with Classic Alice and with Not a Plan. And then I'm currently writing a pilot, like a normal length pilot. Um, about the dumb, weird people you meet at a dog park. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. picture, like, elementary school parents with less at stake. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I had right. one of those called Bitches and Dogs. Oh, no! Yeah. We're writing the same it's, thing. No, it was years ago that I did it, but, yeah, I love that world. It's yeah. Fun. It's Dog such a goofy, fun. Yeah. sort of, like, Stars Hollow meets the crazy ex-girlfriend, like, uh, office room. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Mash of weirdos yeah that's fun i love it i love it that's great yeah it's it's uh taken a different turn i started one way and it became like i i got my dog because my ex left and it was his dog right and he left the dog and i had a meeting that is like i don't like this guy all the way around (laughs) I i know i had a meeting with uh 
with a higher up writer and he was like that's it you have to use that yeah so yeah. i'm retooling it. it's a little slower than i want it to be i think because there's still like yeah feelings yeah um retooling it to include that weird like wait what that's your dog right thing. i'm right. sure it's funny in 10 years but right yeah. now i'm like mm, still feels real yeah but should be that's yeah. fine yeah she's a great dog i really yeah, like she her is a she's so cute met her. she's really <laughs> sweet so happy uh, uh it's been so lovely chatting with yeah. you we just chatted all over the place I know, I know. we were a little bit here touched a little bit there touched a little bit there Okay, sometimes clams gotta roam. Sometimes clams gotta <laughs> roam and go where go where the current go where the them. current takes them. Um, for young creators who may be listening, do you have any advice, parting pieces of wisdom? Mm. Um, do it well. Hmm. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to cut all the corners. There are some things don't cut. Um, sound. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, that's a good sound, and uh, a good DP is nice too. Um, writing should be solid. Don't, I, you know, I used to say like, go make it. Don't make it if it's not good anymore. Um, Bold. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's great for practice to make whatever, but if you're making something and saying like, this is my calling card, it's got to be good. Right. It's it's got to be strong because the climate of the internet changed right um, do you think vlog stories can still survive and exist <clears throat> not the way they are mm-hmm. um the way they've kind of trended has become less professional they'll survive did that you way. see the snapchat movie that came out no 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 i didn't either but i'm fascinated i'm fascinated of using a medium in a different way to Nobody's tell a story. Nobody's figured out how to monetize it, though, and I think that's what's killing it. Like, yeah. you can make vlogs for nothing, mm-hmm. but they don't look and sound great. Right. And, and to make them look and sound great, you need a production. Mm-hmm. But how do you do that if you have no money? Yeah. And you get stuck in this, like, snake-eating-its-tail thing where you can't go forward, but you also, like... What do you do instead? I think Instagram TV shows are coming. They're like right around the corner. Instagram TV. It's a shows. perfect medium for a television show. It's perfect. On your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're coming. They're coming. Yeah. What would that even? I be? would like to ride that train. So if anybody wants to hire me to direct your Instagram TV show, I'm there. They're really short. Yeah, they're yeah, they're short. So short. They're gonna be short. I've had some friends just do them just for fun, like, like experimenting. A- they're great. You're you're forced to. I think I guess I'm just intrigued about being forced to be as creative as possible and new digital world we live in i i get that yeah i feel like i have <laughs> feel so jaded and worn out by our digital digital world because it's, it's exhausting it is exhausting yeah. and it doesn't get you as far as i think you want it to and it, and it really what it seems to be is a breeding ground for people to jump to tv yes sure so, if you ask like any youtube star if they would like a television show their answer of course is going to be yes. even even behind the scenes <laughs> so, like even if it's I, I I hope we've figured out that just blanket YouTube stars having TV shows isn't working. Um, like as an actor, please <laughs> figure that out. Um, but but even for for writing, um, a lot of people are cutting teeth on web and then shifting that into like real TV where sure. there's actual dollars. Yeah. So um, 
that I understand that that movement I understand but that means that nobody's actually spending the time and the money in digital Mm -hmm. to figure out a way to make it work within the existing systems that we have like we bumped up against SAG's commercial rules a lot because branded content is a commercial Mm -hmm. and you can't have SAG actors in your commercial without paying them commercial rates which are crazy Mm -hmm. whoa so you get in some trouble and, and it's hard to wade and um there's the new media agreement because I'm always in support of hiring SAG actors. Yeah. The new media agreement is wonderful. That's what we used. But if you are a branded show, right. if you're pushing then a product, that's a commercial. Yeah. And it's so, like, how are we all going to pay our bills? Right. So, and, yeah. and and people take the branded stuff because they're like, oh, great. Now we can make more. Right. But then your actors are out. So yeah. it's sort of like. <sighs> Catch 22. Yeah. 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 Big time. Yeah. So I think it's unions. a medium that's stuck. <laughs> right now and nobody's dumping the time and money and resources into figuring out how to fix it because yeah. it is a breeding ground right for tv right sure but there's so. the youtube reds and the full screens and people out there yeah, who yeah, are yeah. who are spending a lot of money so it's like we have to we well, can't like not, not ignore us. it's not yeah the creators <laughs> yeah you can't ignore that like it's a world we live in so mm-hmm. we've got to embrace uh, how to make it uh, creative, watchable I think Amazon stuff. and Netflix are going to come first. I think sure. the changes are going to hit them first or, you know, whatever change there might be. And I think we're seeing that. And then maybe it'll trickle down. But YouTube's been around a while. And yeah. It's not profitable or sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. people making real stuff. Right. Yeah. Exposure's great, though. Like, that, that's yeah. been great. Binge yeah. is like that, too. Like, yeah. you know, so many people looking at it. And oh, yeah. And it's it's hard because they want more episodes and we can't do yeah. it. We just can't. We yeah. can't do it. We don't have any money. Yeah. And unfortunately, YouTube rewards constant uploading. Right. Yes, they do. Uh, volume over. Right. Uh, qua- uh, quantity over quality. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Um, well, we could talk about the digital I know, universe I know. all day. Yeah. It's fascinating <laughs> world we live in. Yeah, feminism. Um, yeah. Feminism. Uh, but this was so, this was so awesome. Thanks for being Thank here. Thank you so much. It was so cool to meet Alice in real life. I know. <laughs> Alice I- IRL. It's the prequel Girl. to the sequel to the follow-up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being here, Thank Kate. You, Thank Kate. you, Kate. Thanks for listening, Clams. Welcome to the Clam Bake. It's the opposite of a sausage fest. Just a couple of vaginas talking. What's a creative podcast network?